Now, the Russell Brand, very live, I hope, from Hawaii. Online, on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. That was the kinks. I'm not like everybody. You're listening to Russell Brand live on BBC Radio 2. This is actually live. If you've got a text for us, text it now on 88291 or you can email us on russell.brand at bbc.co.uk. Also, if you want to phone us, because we're live, you can phone us on 0500 288291. That's 0500 288291. I'm here in the Hawaiian sunshine, kind of like a tropical prison cell looking out across an industrial hell because you sort of have visions of Hawaii I imagine you sort of think oh hula girls um, someone playing one of them little guitar things well let me tell you it's a drug crazed nightmare out here people are swapping crystal meth on the street openly it's replaced the dollar um, so if you want to ring me up and keep me up to date with what's happening in England call me on 0500 288 291 or you can uh, email me at russell.brand at bbc.co.uk um, We've got some fantastic guests coming up on the show later. I've got David Walliams from Little Britain. He'll be on the phone in a little while and in the second hour we'll be talking to Noel Fielding from the Mighty Boosh. It's going to be a, um, well, I mean you could say comedy spectacular but both of those men are very complex and who knows what side of their personality will actually be unveiled. We've got lots of things to cover from, le- ne- for, from last week. I've got lots of things to thank you for. Thank you for your splendid gifts, particularly the ones that were contraband and had to be smuggled into the country. Also, there's lots of things to talk about from uh, England. For example, right, uh, I want to talk to you about this. This is from today's son. Yobs! Treat Asbos as a badge of honour, say the son today. And who can blame them when a tourist attraction offers them free tickets while law-abiding kids stump up £20? I don't like the phrase stump up £20 because it makes me think of someone shoving £20 across a counter with, you know, an amputated limb. The London Dungeon says it wants to show louts the tortures their crimes merited in the 18th century. How absurd. Harsher punishments from 21st century courts will not force hoodies into line. Not a jolly dressed up as a history lesson. The only thing this stunt will teach them is that faggishness pays. So if you want to talk to us about, you know, the London Dungeon trying to educate Asbo Yobs, call us on 0500 288 291 or anything really. Just ring for a bit of a chat because I tell you something, Matt Morgan who's normally here ain't, here, ain't come to the studio today because it is Noel Gallagher's birthday party and he's cleared off to that. So we're going to talk to David Williams in a little bit. I'm going to be chatting to Mr G. He's there in the studio. Hello G. How you doing? You alright? Yeah. I'm in quite a good mood. Why are you sound a little bit out of breath. Why is that? I am out of breath because I have literally just rushed from a wedding to come to do this show. I received... I received a text from Mikey, and I was sitting behind the groom, and I had to rush away like I was a superhero to go and change into a costume to come and do this show. To speak but to you've you. not changed into a costume, though, have you? You're sat there in a suit with a carnation on. Yeah. <laughs> I actually look like, like one of those old 60s soul singers, you know, like a, or a doo-wop band. But, nice. yeah, it's, so, been, it's been a rush. I'm glad you've made the effort. You're um, a, a lot a lot smarter than a bloke who used to do your job. <laughs> now, uh, 
Hey, listen, G, so you've left DJing at a wedding to come and DG, DJ at the BBC. DG, even, yeah, yeah. Um, Why not? It, DG, it works perfectly. It was, it, I was in Grays. That's where the wedding was. It was in Grays. Your, your old stomping grounds. So I, I, I never used to stomp when I was in Grays because that's sure? where I'm there's, from. There's, there's like lots of footprints with, with your name written on it. Uh, no, G, I used to meander very quietly in Grays because I was a nervous wreck while living there because it is a very rough, violent place. Oh, them, uh, them cold, hard streets of Grays. Growing up there with Tupac and, uh, Snoop Doggy Dog is very much what shaped my comedy stylings. Listen, we're going to be, uh, talking, more about all sorts of rhubarb. We're going to try and talk to Noel Gallagher at his birthday party, see if we can track Matt down there as well. Walliams is on his way to that party. We're going to give him a bell in a little while. But what's important for me is because we're live, right, I've been in Hawaii all this time, I've not been talking to the people, to the countless people. We've forced our podcast back to number one yeah, through sheer willpower. Thank you very much. It's good to be at number one. I've had this email from uh, someone calling herself Jessica Oakley, but we've got no actual evidence that that's her <laughs> real name. Hello there. I was just looking Looking through iTunes, other downloading things are available, checking the charts, etc. When I clicked on the Apprentice podcast and saw there is an uproar over the podcast, many fans of the Russell Brand show have been reviewing the Apprentice, saying that it's crap and that we should all be listening to your show. I quite agree, by the way, says this person in parenthesis. Those are not my views. And there have been a few angry comments back telling the Russell Brand fans to stop slagging the Apprentice off. I just thought I'd let you know that there is a podcast war and it might lead to a Chicago style prohibition. Valentine's massacre situation. Wow, that's a bit worrying. Okay, well, um, thank you for your loyalty, people that have been criticising the Apprentice podcast, but just keep downloading our one. Perhaps we don't need to use negativity to this, stay this, at number one. Russell, does this mean that we're going to do the whole ice cream thing then? The ice cream van? Yeah. We've long promised that when we got to number one in the podcast charts, we would hire an ice cream van, possibly a fleet of ice cream vans, tour the country, dishing out ice creams to the people who have got us there. And instead of playing that type ice cream music, I don't know what we'll play. I think we should play Ride of the Valkyries. Yeah, let's play that. Let's give it some operatic grandeur. Um, and also, while we're doing that, I don't know what, like, you know, perhaps instead of giving out ice creams, perhaps absinthe, I don't know, and instead of it saying, mind that child on the back, which you would only see, you know, after the child's been run over, in all honesty, uh, I think, you know, the back should just say, you know, download the podcast and perhaps a few slanderous comments about The Apprentice, which actually, in fact, is one of the programmes I deeply miss. Thank you again, everyone, for your fantastic gifts. It's just a few of the people that have sent me lovely things. Uh, Helen Morgan, Citizen Morgan, she knows us, she's known as, sent me some handcuffs and lollipops here in Hawaii. So it's like, she, I don't know what kind of crimes I could solve. What kind of a detective would I be? Oh, yeah, Kojak, I suppose. He used to use lollipops. So did he, perhaps did, I can... did he use handcuffs, though? Well, I don't know what he did with his private life, G, and that's something that perhaps we shouldn't be prying into. Listen, so uh, if you want to email us, it's russell.brand at bbc.co.uk. If you want to ring us, I'll give you that number again, 0500 288 291. Give us a ring because, you know, we can actually communicate. You can tell us your views. Did you burn down the cutty sock? Was it you? Be honest. Who done that cutty sock? I love that cutty sock. Uh, also, why is it called cutty sock? And why burn down the cutty sock? Don't burn down the cutty sock. 
give us a ring if you've got any information on the case arc or just on your own life, really. Just just let me know how you're feeling. That's 0500 288 291. We're going to listen to The Smiths' Half a Person. I'd like to dedicate this song to Matt Morgan because, you know, without him, half a person is essentially what I feel like. I hope, I hope you're all enjoying yourselves at Noel Gallagher's <laughs> birthday party. We're going to ring Walliams in a second. He's on his way there. Give us your calls. Give us your time. Give us your love. Let's keep this show the best radio show in the damned country. Not my views, but the views of iTunes, a money-making organisation. Let's listen to the Smiths. That was the Smiths, half a person. You're listening to Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2. I'm dedicating that track to the filthy traitor. That is Matt Morgan. He's not a filthy traitor. Now. <laughs> a, f- a filthy traitor. Gee, what is it? You blew up to be my new sidekick. Can you I, just I, behave yourself there. You'll be back writing poems before you can say Jack Robinson. Hey, give me that. Can I ask you a question? You know, every time you play one of those um, Smith yeah. songs, right? Um, yes. Is it, do you feel that you're fulfilling some secret mission set to you by Morrissey? Because we do play a lot of them. Yeah, we do, because Morrissey has introduced himself as Russell Brand live on stage on more than one occasion. But, gee, you're going to have to learn, as my sidekick on this live broadcast, <laughs> to step aside at vital moments like this. Because, you know, sometimes you introduce a guest on a radio show and it's, a, you know, a moment of great pride. But on other occasions, it becomes almost celestial, almost holy. And this is one such occasion. David Walliams is on the line. You're right, David. Good evening, Russell Brand. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. I mean, I'm in Hawaii, um, which is like, a, as I've said before on the radio, it's a sort of a tropical prison, glorious and beautiful, but frankly, I'm denied the things in London that keep me going, like um, fame and glory. But, um, judge- fame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but judge- I love your honesty. Yes, yes. Uh, You're not famous enough in Hawaii, so you don't like it. I don't like this fameless hell. Let's <laughs> just stay in Camden, then. <laughs> I'm famous beyond Camden. There are people well, as far. Camden. There's people in Finchley, David, that think that I'm doing incredible work. One or two people just off the Finchley Road <laughs> who, who know of you. <laughs> yes, yeah, so all that chap from Big Brother. No, he's very good. Now, listen, David, uh, what the hell are you doing even as we speak? Well, I'm just with my friend James Corden. Ah, the brilliant James Corden. Yeah, he's a fantastic actor. And we're just about to head out to Noel Gallagher's 40th birthday party. Well, well, how very convenient. It's showbiz, isn't it, really? It is. It seems to be the event of the evening, and that's where um, Matt... I'm quite glad you're not going, actually. Well, I think it's going to be a a sour affair due to my absence, David. I can't see it hitting the giddy heights of parties I'm in attendance at. Uh, Have you got your eye on anyone in particular? Um, well, no, I tell you, I do have quite a crush on Noel's girlfriend, Sarah. Yeah. She's lovely. She's a very... Isn't she one of the most wonderful people you could ever hope to meet? I'm just setting my alarm as I got out of my house. Yeah, no, do set your alarm. <laughs> Please feel free to carry on with your domestic duties. It'll be no, all... I have to, I have to. I told you. You only phoned me up ten minutes ago. Bernard <laughs> Cribbins pulled out or something. <laughs> Dear Bernard has been a trooper and very loyal to this show. <laughs> I'm glad you're setting your alarm. I'd hate to think that someone might break in into your decadent palace of luxury and take a whoopsie on one of your immaculate surfaces. <laughs> No, um, so yes, it should be good. No, I haven't got my eye on him. No, I mean, um, I'm just there. Uh, you know, I rather like a, a party. Do you think? Um, 
Yeah, well, you're a, a man who celebrates life very much. David, I think perhaps when I get back, we'll, um, perhaps we should build our friendship a little more, spend a little more time together. Well, I'd like that, but unfortunately, every time I've ever made a sort of social occasion with you, yeah. we've said, oh, sorry, I can't come, I'm just about to be tossed off in the toilet by some fan. <laughs> That's obviously a euphemism <laughs> that David's <laughs> using there. He means tossed off in the toilet in the sense of, perhaps, I don't know, congratulated on a fine performance. David! Oh, that's exactly what you said to me one time when we'd agreed to meet up. <laughs> so I kind of gave up after that. I thought, I can't compete with that. Well, actually, you could. That, I'm not offering that kind of hand of friendship to you. <laughs> Perhaps the hand of friendship should now be coated in some kind of lubricant, David. Perhaps then it will oh, be more willingly see? received. What I did was innuendo, and you just made it not innuendo. <laughs> How is tossed off in a you toilet like innuendo? A, a late, you made it like a late carry-on film. <laughs> it was just now for no, no real innuendo anymore. Well, you... Anyway, I'm glad to know you're in Hawaii. Yes. And I'm glad to know your film career is, is taking off. It's going ever so well, David. Yeah, I think I might be quite the film actor. <laughs> Are you good in the Centurions film? I think I'm quite good in that St. Trinian's film. Yeah, it's a sort of... Quite good. We'll put that on the poster. Quite, I'm quite good in it, <laughs> Russell Brand. <laughs> if that doesn't sell tickets, I don't know what will. I don't know what could drive people into a cinema more greedily than the prospect of me being quite good in a film. It's difficult, actually, David, and I think you'd have struggled with this because there were, like, some... Like, some of the actresses were women in their early 20s dressed in school uniform looking very sexually attractive. Then there were girls that were, like, you know, sort of in different sort of... Uh, down the pyramid of the ages, all the way down to sort of fourteen-year-olds dressed in school uniforms. So, in well, let's not linger on those ones. But what I would say is that in the old Centurions films, they only had like eight-year-olds and like twenty-eight-year-olds to make it. There was no complication, right? Because it'd be too confusing. Because <laughs> the twenty-eight-year-olds were meant to find sexy, and then the eight-year-olds were just brattish. Right. Yeah. Very confusing, wouldn't it? If there was sort of fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, I think that, you know, perhaps they have Do you think we should be airing this conversation, or do you think this would be a private conversation we should be having? I think, were we having this conversation privately, David, we should feel a deep sense of shame. But nonetheless, St. Trinian's is a very good film, and I urge you to go and see my quite good performance oh, in I it. Oh, I will, I will. I have a couple of other friends in it, and um, I'm very, very excited to see it. Um, David... But it isn't all about you, is it? It's my life as well. Right, no, come on, then. What is, what's <laughs> happening in your life? You went to, you went to Australia, you didn't uh, hang yourself like dear Tony Hancock. You've come back to, <laughs> to, to fight another day to continue bringing us comedy. What, what are you going to right, be doing? Well, we went off to Japan after Ooh. Australia. We did some promotion out there because our DVD um, was coming out there, which was an amazing kind of culture shock. Really? Very strange because they don't. We were on some sort of Japanese TV shows where they don't speak any English. So it's uh, extraordinary. What we do they do? How do they? What do they say to you? What well, do they you do? have an interpreter, but it's it's very hard because it's, it, it's such a totally different culture. That it's very hard to actually kind of work on work out what's going on at all. But we had a brilliant, brilliant time, and then um, and then really we've been back writing because we're um, putting together a show for American TV, so we're doing that at the moment. Well, See, you... we're like you. We're going stateside. For you, it's more that things didn't really work out in England. That... You sort of left the country. I've for not... us, we triumphed so greatly. That we have to move on. David, I can see that you're a little bitter that I've leapfrogged you in this fashion into the, <laughs> into, into the film industry.
but you know, as a as a previous best British newcomer at the Comedy Awards, I thought you might be very happy for me and my new successes. No, I am. I am very happy. I'm very proud of you. Thank and you. I love you very much. Thank you. I appreciate that. I just wish you sort out some of your personal issues. I'm I'm working on them even now. There are a couple of very loyal Hawaiian people. And I love you very much because at Christmas you gave me a signed CD from Morrissey. Yes. And it just said. Um, Williams, why, Morrissey? <laughs> and do you know what? I mean, you say he comes on stage and introduces another Russell Brand, and he writes Williams, why? He clearly has contempt for us. Do you think he regards us with contempt? Yes, of course he does. <gasps> no! But we don't even mind, because we, we just love that he even knows we exist. Yes, I think, yeah, contempt from Morrissey is worth a thousand worth other having. men's love. At least he knows who we are. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I accept his contempt gladly, greedily, like a whipped Would dog. Would you have sex with Morrissey? And I'm not asking this facetiously, but sometimes when you like someone so much, even though you know you've maintained you're not gay. And, would would you, you I don't talk to me about I've maintained I'm not gay, you've David. It, you've, you've drawn that line in the sand <laughs> many times. No, but would you have no sex one's with querying it. You love him so much. Yes, I happily would have sex with Morrissey because I love him so much. Whereas you would, David, because it would be just yet another homosexual encounter <laughs> in your gay homosexual life, which you conceal from the public out of shame. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why don't you go and, why don't you and James Corden from History Boys, whose own new sitcom starting soon, snog each other to death in the back of an ill-deserved limo while burglars poop on your settee? <laughs> well, you put me in my place. <laughs> well, David, um, you were unfair. No, he's gorgeous, though, isn't he, Morrissey? I think he's like Elvis. He's the closest we have to Elvis. Very much. He's not like uh, like a lot of pop stars are versions of their predecessors. You could say that uh, the Rolling Stones uh, and New York Dolls and o Oasis are part of one lineage. But Morrissey is his own brand new yeah, archetype. Yeah, instantly iconic. Instantly. And he means something. Very few people kind of mean something. Just by existing, he means something. You know. He is a living sign. In his own yeah. words, he is a living sign. I think I'm going to make a documentary about him when I come back to England, where my career's going very well, in oh, spite of your attack. Oh, I can't attacks. wait for that. <laughs> How dare you? I'm going to, I'm going to interview him. Might in be in it, though. Yeah, all right, yeah. Come and do a, a talking head interview, add some perspective. It, it will merely oh, highlight my own charisma. Of course he will. I'm going to spend time with Morrissey. Well, can I meet him as well? Because I don't really like it that you've met him and I haven't. <laughs> we got on ever so well, you know, David. He described me, he said, uh, we were talking about the nature of the art. And he said, an artist is someone who's pursuing his own course that absolutely has div a divinity within him that is constantly pursuing a path and will ne ne not let anything get in the way of that. And he said, which is, of course, how you are. There. So Morrissey has described me. No, because you'll let some fan tossing you off in the toilet <laughs> get in the way. And then, and then I said, what do you think of Little Britain? And he said he finds it drab. <laughs> he didn't say that. He's a very big fan of you and your work, David. And when I, when I asked him to sign that CD, he smiled wryly and twitched as he wrote it. Oh, it's lovely that he's sort of unobtainable as well, isn't he? He's just sort of out of our reach. Yes, don't let that affect your personal life, David, because otherwise we'll never see you settle down with any of these beards that you cling to. Like, what I'd hope one day is that you start a, <laughs> start a lovely so family. I'm so glad you called! <laughs> 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 I, d I do apologise. I mean it all with love. Hey, and in, 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 in a sincere and uh, serious manner, often when I talk, uh, like people say, "Oh, what English comedy are you into?" I talk about you and stuff, and people, "Oh, well, we love them." Oh wow, thank You're you so very much. Very popular over here. <laughs>
With so that, are you known in America? Are you, are you incredibly famous there, like Michael Jackson or something? I'm very... Over here in America, <laughs> yeah, I'm regarded sort of as a, a Ronald Reagan figure. They're thinking about putting me up on Mount Rushmore and just sort of growing some foliage over the top of it to represent my hair. I've become quite an icon here. You could be. You could be, be become a massive star, though, which would be what, ironic. <laughs> How dare you? There will be no irony. It will be simple. Yeah, it will be wonderful. It'll be like the Sean McGuire's big in America. It's baffling. <laughs> Celebrity Darwinism is what goes on out here. The yeah, cream of the great. crop. It would be great. David, no one deserves it more than you. Thank you very much. You're a beautiful and lovely and supportive man. David, I'm going to go now. And when you go to um, um, Noel Gallagher's birthday, will you please tell him to expect a phone call no, no matter how uh, drunk he is? Put it politely. What, from you? Yeah, from me. I'll... What, are you going to make him go on your radio show? Yeah, why shouldn't he contribute? Cause just well, cause... it's his birthday. He doesn't want to talk to you. Of course he does. I've never met you. <laughs> <laughs> Doddering off into old age, ignoring my phone calls. It simply won't See? do. He says he hates you. <laughs> <laughs> You're a very poisonous and spiteful man. David, I'll give you a ring. I'll be back home in London soon. We can sort of hold hands and, I don't know, who knows what we could get up to in a lavatory. I'd like to spend more time with your mother. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure you would. She said she... I liked her. She was lovely and she liked me, didn't she? Yeah, you've hoodwinked her. She thinks you're absolutely lovely and charming and she so you did an impression of a gay James Bond once saying that you'd like to be a gay James Bond. She ate it up, thought it was fantastic. Yeah, she's completely in the dark about uh, the seam of darkness that runs through your core. <laughs> so, um, David, I have to go to move this radio state of the show along and give it pace. You've been wonderful. Thank you very much for being a guest, David Walliams. Woo, David there. Hello. Bye, love you, bye, bye mate, bye, bye, love you, bye, bye. There goes David Walliams. What, that was nice of him to be a guest, wasn't it, G? Yeah, very good. And he stuck up for Morrissey, which is always a good thing. Stuck up for Morrissey, there sort of made ghastly implications about me and my own career, which I've found frankly hurtful. But, how, are you you know, how are you really finding it over there? I, I, I miss home. I like it. Hawaii is sort of beautiful, and the people that I'm working with are dead lovely, and it's really interesting yeah. making a film. But it's like, like I'm used to doing stand-up and things like this, where it's very immediate, like, you know, like I can make a remark about getting tall stalf in a lavvy and that's it it's out there in the world in films you have to do things again and again yesterday right g yeah. i had to do this bit where um I i've been surfing and i have a surfing accident with mike my double mike <laughs> the, the bloke who's been teaching me surfing is my double so he's been a wonderful surf instructor just when I thought Mike couldn't get any more attractive, he, he became my double and had to put a wig on to look exactly like me, have stubble put on, so he's like a sort of like older... Yes, it's narcissism, literal narcissism. He became a hunkier sort of version of me, a great big sort of American brute version of me. And that sort of, we were sat next to each other getting our makeup applied. It took every ounce of restraint I had in my body not to just <laughs> crane across and kiss him on his chest and ask him to cradle me in his arms and breastfeed me. I think those are the photographs of Mike, the surf instructor dressed as me, will appear on the website bbc.co.uk forward slash radio two. Um, if you want to ring us for a bit of a chat, you can call 0500 288 291 or you can email russell.brand at bbc.co.uk or why not send a little text message that's effortless you could do that in a car or anything you could do that in the midst of the act of love making or while uh, putting a new bin bag in your bins don't ever mix the act of love making with changing a bin bag though oh what about when that smell of the bins comes out <laughs> what about when the bin coughs at you there's bin cough the bin coughed in my face you can text us on 88 291 or all them other numbers i just gave you 
Yeah, gee, so I had to do, have this um, surfing accident um, where I'm supposed to have got coral in my leg. So I had this prosthetic yeah. sort of attachment to my leg with a pipe feeding into this attachment. It was like having a great wad of wax sort of um, made up onto your leg. And then in it, a pipe went into that wad, then up through my nuts, round up, like, through past the perineum, and then into sort of like a, a pumping thing, like, you know, perfume that might have been on your nan's dressing table <laughs> that had, like, sort of a thing that you squeeze to yeah, spray yeah, perfume. Yeah, that, that little squeezy yeah, thing. that's it. That little squeezy yeah, thing, G. Put it, it in a poem. They're <laughs> squeezy things. Like, one of them, all full up with blood, and then at the appropriate moment, I have to be carried out in the arms of Jason Siegel, the lead actor who wrote this film, who's from the American sitcom How I Met Your Mother. Right, he carries me out, then dumps me down the beach. Then Paul Rudd, who was um, Phoebe's husband, or boyfriend, out of Friends, and also he's in Anchorman, right, he comes over, and, I, and, like, and I'm all going, ah! I'm in leg, my leg. I can't talk too much about the details, but I'm doing acting, is yeah. what I'm doing. Acting and I have away. to do the acting, acting away, mate. Again and again, I've got all sand in my bodily crevices. Sand can get anywhere, you know. It's a, and it's, it stays there for ages as well. I was like the Sandman, in fact, from Spider-Man 3. Good is reference. what I resembled. Yeah, it's a good reference. Good reference. You and know also, I like those references. You like it. You live yeah. in a comic book world, do. don't you? You can't I cope do. with reality. <laughs> I can't. I'm a nutter. <laughs> if you could cope with reality, you wouldn't be a poet, would you? And, so, and, and by the end of the day, yeah, all, all my, you know, without being rude, my ball bags and perineum were soaked in blood and sand, and like, you know, and taking off my sort of swimming trunks and pants at the end of the day, and seeing the the normally that glorious moment where I gaze down lovingly at my genitalia <laughs> and salute the general with warmth and dignity. That and he, was tarnished, and he G. He winks back, often rears up and tries to greet me that was like a loving hound on your return home. <laughs> that moment was marred. Okay, so we're gonna uh, listen to the Ramones now. Baby, Baby I, I love, love you. you. Later on... Baby, I love you. But, but later on in the show, we're gonna be talking to Mighty Bush's Noel Fielding in many ways, my uh, sort of spiritual performance twin, some would he's, argue. He's okay. really, really good. I've, I've just got the, the, the Mighty Bush live. I've he's been not watching. that good. <laughs> he's alright. <laughs> He's, he's right. good. Nah, he's, he's different. That that silver suit and the and the he's hectic. Yeah, he's hectic. You know, he's got a, he's got a very surreal and unusual mind. Yeah. He, 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 even Almost the most poetical. mundane things. He's a poet. I mean, yes, you, you could argue that. No, he's a very brilliant comedian. He's going to be on the show later. I might try and ring up Reece Shearsmith and all out of League of Gentlemen. He's a good person to have a laugh with. I like him. He's the one that does, uh, he does Papa Lazarou, among many of the <laughs> yeah. other characters in League of Gentlemen. Also, though, we want to listen to, we want to talk to a listener. So if you are listening to this show now and fancy a bit of a chat, do phone with some sort of agenda, though. I want to know about that case arc. What else is going on in England, G? Is there anything else I should know about? Harry, not going to war. We talked about that a bit last week. That was a little bit of Annoying. Noel Gallagher wants to become mayor. Come on, be serious. Give us a ring on 0500 288 291. But before, um, you know, do it now and then well, after the Ramones we'll have a chat. So here they are, the Ramones. Baby, I love you. Russell Brand, BBC Radio 2. Yeah, You're listening to Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2. That was the Ramones, baby, I love you. I'd like to dedicate that particular song to my employer at Radio 2, Leslie Douglas, who has been nothing but understanding of me. And you know, there are times you'll, you'll find this difficult to believe if you're listening to this radio show at home that I can be a little bit difficult to work with. Would you really? imagine that? No, G, I'm serious. Do you remember me before when I used to be a junkie, G? Oh, they were the days. <laughs> I when do they... remember those days. We <laughs> tried... You know what's funny? Like, people like try to forget those days but you always bring them back in 
I dragged them days up. Do you remember that time, G, when we were doing a poetry night in Brixton and yep. I um, flashed my bum at them crack dealers? Yep. And I do remember. The days. Exactly. We almost then, all got shot. There you go. You've got to take the rough with the smooth in life. Okay, if you want to text us to talk about anything. Who done that case arc? Who done it? 88291. That's if you want to text us. You can email us at russell.brand at bbc.co.uk. Or you can just ring us up on 0500 288 291. Obviously, we can't take all of your uh, phone calls, but bloody hell, I half appreciate them. I've been lonely out here in Hawaii. I mean, yes, it is interesting to be a pseudo transsexual for a while wearing a grass skirt and a coconut bra singing the bare necessities feeling yourself through the grass through the reeds you know but after a while you need Mowgli you need uh, Bargira even that sort of enchanted eyed snake or none of whom were in Hawaii but nonetheless you know what I mean it's the same sort of theme now we've got a caller on the line I believe she is called Sharon Sharon hello hi Russell well, hello darling how are you yeah I'm well yeah, I'm okay. I've got a bit of a cold, actually, and a bad throat. But oh, yeah, a cold and a bad throat. Stop the world. Nice Sharon's got a cold and a bad throat. Oh, no, yeah. don't worry about me doing a radio show live from Hawaii in the middle of an industrial estate. Bullets flying past me. People offering me crystal meth every five seconds. You've got a bit of a cold and a bad throat. Do you think yeah, well, it might... it's not too bad, then, is it? No, it's not, is it, Sharon? Let's put it in perspective. No. Do you think it's because of your lifestyle? Um, well, I think it's probably to do with the miserable weather in Cornwall at the moment. You're in Cornwall? Yeah. What's it like? It's nice there because you can go surfing. Like I'm learning how to surf. I'm bad at it because it um, it requires dignity, poise, and balance, and yeah. uh, these are qualities that I lack. Can you surf? Um, no, I can't. No, I must admit I've done a little bit of bodyboarding in the past. Oh but yeah, I, don't do I bet you have, Sharon. I bet you've done some bodyboarding. I bet that's why you've got that sore throat in it, love. Bodyboarding. Yeah. Why, what are you ringing us up for? What have you been doing with your life? Well, we've rung up. I mean, really... Who's we? There's only one, one of you. My daughter has pestered me and pestered me to ring up. Has she? Um, because um, at Christmas, you know, you were on that, um, the quiz, of, big fat quiz of the year. With Noel Fielding, who's going to be with on the show Noel later. Fielding, yes. Yeah. David um, Walliams, who's already been on the show, was also, he was also on, yes, yes, I'm listening to you, Sharon, yes. <laughs> Right, I'll carry on. Yes, um, yes. So, yeah, when you were on that quiz of the year, you said something about, um, one of the answers you used was pieces of rainbow. Pieces of rainbow, yes. Yeah, do you remember? I believe Noel and made that up, not me, but still, it was funny. That phrase, and at the time, I was kind of going through a bit of a bad, bad time. Oh, Christ. And so we used to text each other it, because she's doing her A-levels at the moment, so we used to just text um, pieces of rainbow to each other, because we thought it was a really nice... Saying. Yeah. And anyway, um, so I think actually what it was. Ago, Sharon, shut up! Sharon, shut up! Sharon, stop talking when there's another person talking! Sharon! Oh, she's mental! Is she actually mad? Sharon! Sharon! Sharon, can she hear me? Can you hear me when I'm speaking, Sharon? Yeah. Well, stop when I'm talking, you lunatic! <laughs> you can't just keep talking. Yeah, I can hear you speaking then. Well, I was talking, Sharon, please. For heaven's sake, you're like a conversational bulldozer. <laughs> what happened? What happened if you're working in a children's care home or something? Here, you I'm nervous! Hear me! Like... Shut up! You're doing it again! Can't I tell you where Sharon, you shut up! <laughs> you're doing it again, Sharon! <laughs> Why do I work with people who have drug and alcohol problems? I'm not surprised. I bet they were all right when they met you. I bet they started banging up the day you came to work. I'm already... Yeah. I'm, now, I'm, I'm reaching for my works now, love. I'm trying to cook up a fix even now. I've been talking to you five minutes. Don't take drugs. Drugs are bad. Never take drugs. Yeah, drugs are. are evil. Sharon, so yeah. that was a, a response to a question. I think we were asked some question about the year's events, and me and Noel came up with uh, uh, wine gums, children's dreams, and pieces of rainbow.
rainbow, some such surrealist banter, and you have committed yeah. to that to the point where you've had it tattooed where on your body? On the top of my arm. The rainbow kind of goes over the sort of the top bit of your shoulder bit of your your arm. Right, the shoulder bit of the arm. We've right. texted you a photo of it. All right. <laughs> well, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I'm doing a radio show and I ain't got time to look at your texts of rainbows from a mad woman who drives all her, all her colleagues to drug addiction. Listen, oh Sharon, why don't you um, see, yeah, email it to uh, russell at bbc.co.uk uh, and, uh, oh no, that ain't it, Russell no, russell.brand at bbc.co.uk, right, and we'll stick it up on the website if that'll calm you down for five seconds. might save the lives of a few junkies. I'll tell you what will calm me down, Russell. Go on. Is, will, you let, will you tell Noel about it, though? No. No way. No way. Me and Noel Fielding have got a lot to talk about. Gee, don't support this woman. She's mad. She's insane in the membrane. I'm not mad. Honestly, I'm not mad. <laughs> Listen, love, you're bonkers. You've got bats in the belfry. When Noel Fielding comes on, <laughs> Noel will go, oh, do you remember that quiz of the year we done? And I'll go, yeah, I do remember it. He goes, oh, what about that pieces of rainbow? And I go, yeah, that was good. Hey, Noel, so what's up? I'm just going to completely change the subject. Noel Bud is talking about your rainbow tattoo. Oh, your colleagues are junkies now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, baby, Crystal myth in Hawaii ain't enough to provide for your work colleagues. We've got a crystal meth problem in Cornwall as well. I'm not surprised. I'm, I've got one since the beginning of the conversation. Crystal meth, awful drug. Don't take any crystal meth. Sharon, thank you for your call. I will, of course, mention it to Noel Fielding. I'm only mucking about. I'm sure he'll be flat. Yeah, we will send you a photo of it. We'll email it. All right, dear. I came to see you when you did the Teenage Cancer Trust thing and you and Noel were brilliant. I'm beginning to think you're actually a Noel Fielding flat fan using my radio show as a well, platform actually, for your affection. My daughter um, absolutely loves you, and I do love you as well. All right, yeah. I yeah. do love Noel Fielding as well. Yeah. I love both of you. Thanks. My That's all right. Russell Brand. Yeah, fact, the fact that we've had a culture of 2,000 years of monogamy, yeah, there's no reasoning behind that. You know, people get jealous. You can't have both. Take your pick. <laughs> me, well, I'll tell you what happened. Me and Noel Fielding will do a version of The Girl Is Mine by uh, Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney singing it. We'll, instead of singing The Girl Is Mine, we'll say, that tattooed, crazed bulldozer yeah. of a woman is mine, is what we yeah. should sing. Well, How about that? I would that? like to be both of yours. That, I mean, that would be... Well, Wonderful. perhaps then send a photograph of not only the top of your arm, but your entire <laughs> upper body, and we'll make a decision based on that. <laughs> I'm sure Noel will be up to it. Sharon, thank you very much for your call, my darling. OK, Russell, and we're coming up to that pub in Camden soon, so I shall show you then. I'll be busy. I, 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 I know you, you might be back. I don't go to pubs. I'm a recovering drug addict. Bye, Sharon. Right, bye. For, love you, Russell. Love thank you, you Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> right, so just for people working in London, when I go bye at the end of a call, I don't expect to hear anything more from Sharon ever again. <laughs> right, so I'm going to go, bye Sharon, take that as a cue. I mean, I shouldn't do this bit on air really, but that bit where I go, bye Sharon, just cut Sharon out of my life, really, in all honesty. I like Sharon, she's a good woman, she's and good. I'm going to fulfil that thing. She's yeah. nice, wasn't she, G? Yeah, you know, yeah, Noel's a genius. But Liz, what's he Right, okay, we're, we're going through the sidekicks this month. <laughs> it's a month of a thousand sidekicks. <laughs> okay, Mikey, let's go. You're in the chair. Write a poem. Okay, so if you want to send us an email, it's russell.brand at bbc.co.uk. You can call us on 0500-288-291. Noel Fielding will be on the show a little bit later if you've got any questions for him, or perhaps you'd like to make me feel insecure by using my show essentially as a way of communicating with him. I've got a lovely email here from Samantha in Greenwich, London. She goes, 
uh, she goes, hello there, I thought you might like to know about the pervy phone calls I used to receive when I worked part-time in a call centre in Kent. I was working for a well-known mail-order catalogue company for in evenings answering phone calls from people who either wanted to order stuff from or apply for a catalogue. Oh, catalogues. Do you want anything from the catalogue, dear? Have a look at the catalogue. Oh, I'll just go to the back. The toys are at the back. Oh, it's the toys at the back of the catalogue. And now the bra section. Um, so there, listen, so she goes, uh, it was usually quite a dull job receiving these calls about catalogues and not being the most productive or customer-focused person at the time. Rather than efficiently deal with a customer, a caller, uh, and then take them to the next person in the queue, or then get on with the next customer caller, I would, uh, what I would do is unnecessarily put them on hold for extended periods, talk slowly, etc., to avoid doing more work than I, than I had to do. You can therefore imagine how much I enjoyed it when the perv calls came in. I would kick back and read a magazine when they went about their business. Perverts tend to use 0800 numbers, why pay for your habits, says, uh, says Samantha. So we got them quite a bit, especially later in the evening. You'd know when they were perverts when the call came in. After we gave them the standard greeting, they would say nothing or breathe heavily for a bit, which is normally what happens if you speak to David Walliams on the phone. We were supposed to hang up on them and, not, and then just take the next call, but instead I used to encourage them by asking questions now and again. That'd be, that's, a perv, that's a pervert hitting gold there, isn't it? Right there, if you're a pervert, you're ringing an 0800 number, and instead of going, uh, sorry, we can't help you, and put the phone down, they go, oh, all right, yeah, I've, I've got a neck and, and I've got sexy feet. That, that's brilliant. That would provide you with perversions for months to come. Then she, then she continues, this dear lady, um, God, when they would ask what underwear I was wearing, I'd like to say that I was wearing... Uh, a polyester lacy thong in the catalogue and use the catalogue. Oh, that's quite productive, actually. Sometimes you can make these perv calls last for an hour with hardly any words and just a few heavy breaths and a couple of moans. What is a pervert doing on the phone for an hour? Because surely, what kind? That's no commitment from that pervert. Is did, it, did, the, did the perverts buy anything from the catalogue? I just don't know what a pervert needs from life. I mean, I think if don't you're phoning you, and don't you? Uh, I, well, uh, no, it's just there's no grey area there. There's no crossover from my life into the life of a pervert. If you're spending your evenings calling 0800 numbers while engaging in an act of onanism, I mean, you're not going to then think also I need some new patio furniture. Oh, like you know, at the end after you've finished your business, you can't go. Oh, thanks for being so tolerant, love. <laughs> now I really like that swing chair, and I'd like some uh, that spatula and some kitchen. Utensils, you'd feel guilty, <laughs> right? Absolutely, oh, keep the sabutio. I love sabutio, <laughs> but like, um, that was the only sport I was ever good at, and that's because you can do it laying on your stomach, With crying your that you've got no <laughs> real friends. Yeah, I like sabutio because then you can be in charge, like, you know, n on a football field, that is not a place where I achieve dominance and power. But over a, a sabutio pitch, I can make little Frank McAvenny do whatever I like. Oh, little Frank McAvenny's giving Tony Cotty a kiss look. I, I used to be sort of, I was a sabutio god, if I'm honest. How many okay, games of did you go through? A lot. I ran my own leagues. I didn't. I mean, I didn't play against uh, other people. I just ran my own leagues, tournaments. You know, there were sometimes there were difficulties, disasters, things went on. There were gay marriages. It was very interesting. It was like footballers' wives directed by a seven-year-old boy, pretty much. Okay, listen. If you want to text us, it's eighty-eight two nine one, or you can email russell.brand at bbc.co.uk, or alternatively, give us a bell on oh five hundred two eight eight two nine one. Mr. G, are you enjoying being our uh, the sidekick for the show today? I'm missing Matt. Me and Matt have like we've been bonding over the last few. I don't know, was it weeks? Oh, we've been months? bonding yes, in the early have. mornings. In the you? early mornings, we're like troopers now, absolute Did troopers. This... 
Yeah, we... Oh, yeah, it's difficult. Get up early one, one day a week, isn't it? Let me tell you what's <laughs> difficult, is. young man. <laughs> Lying on a beach with blood pumping out your leg while the cast of friends loom over you, shouting. <laughs> that is difficult, OK? Try that for a lifestyle. OK, let's listen to Changes by Bowie because we're going to make some huge changes. Later on the show, we've got Noel Fielding. I might ring up old Reece Shearsmith. We're going to try and ring Noel Gallagher, but he might be too busy at his party. Might even try and ring Matt Morgan, issue his P45 over the blower. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, if you've got any messages, ring uh, for me. It's russell.brandbbc.co.uk. But until then, ch-ch-ch-changes. You're listening to Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2. That was David Bowie with Changes. I suppose like he is a genius because why I wouldn't think of going, oh, I'm writing this song called Changes. I'll go Changes. I'd go, oh, that bit's weird. But it works, isn't it? So that's the nature of genius. You see, people see things that others can't. Okay, so we've got that. Just please, you're being. I prefer. You better be writing a poem as well because you've got to do a poem at the end of the show. I'm writing a poem. I just like the way Changes. Genius. It's always <laughs> it, it is a genius. Russell Dot Brand at BBC Dote. Oh, not Dote. Oh, God. Oh, no, not <laughs> Dote. Don't write Dote. Russell Dot Brand at BBC Dot. Dot. It's just a dot. That's the simplest thing that exists in the universe is a dot. The universe began from a dot. It exploded. Then the cosmos appeared. And then eventually, we'll, you know, we'll t- turn back into a dot, some scientists say. So, Russell Dot Brand at BBC Dot Co. Dot UK. Everyone knows that it's Dot Co. Dot UK. Anyway, why am I wasting my life saying doctor people. Uh, you can give us a bell on 0500 288 291. Later on the show we've got Noel Fielding. Also, guess what? One of our listeners is in a curry house up north somewhere and they've seen Jimmy Savile having his dinner. So we're going to ring up that curry house and see if we can get Savile on the phone. Let's get Savile, see what he's doing in there. What are you up to, old Savile? What about if, if Tarrant was throwing knives and forks about? I bet Savile, he's lighting cigars, lobbing them, giving out Jim will fix it badges as he sees fit. Now then, now then. I can't I can't imagine what kind of chaos he's creating in there. So we've got um, young James on the phone. He wants to chat to me about chocolate milk, apparently. James, you all right, mate? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. You? Yeah, I'm quite well, as a matter of fact. You know, in Hawaii, sort of coping, doing this film. I've done numerous sex scenes. I've ridden a horse. I've done surfing. There's been a lot's gone on, James. What's going on for you back in Blighty? Uh, not much. I'm a bit nervous about talking to you on... Don't be. It's just, just forget about it, really. That's what I do. That's why sometimes there are links that go on for about 16 minutes with me and David Walliams talking about getting tossed off in lavies, you know, ultimately. Well, you haven't been tossed off in a lavvy. Huh? Sorry? You haven't been tossed off in a lavvy. I haven't been tossed toffees in a lavvy. That would be a very bizarre way to spend time. I haven't been, I haven't done anything in lavvies except what they're intended to be used for. Now, did you really want to talk to me about chocolate milk, James, or was it just, yeah. is that how you meet people? Um, well, I mean, Cocoa Pops, of course, used chocolate milk as their key selling point, which, and I think, ultimately, if the people at Cocoa Pops are honest, I think they invented Cocoa Pops, and there was a day in a lot of laboratory somewhere at Nestle or Kellogg's or wherever it comes from, Kellogg's. where someone went, Kellogg's, thank you, James. <laughs> it's Kellogg's, I, I can confirm. I reckon what happened was, they goes, oh, well, look, we've invented these Cocoa Pops, Brilliant, lovely, much better than a rice crisp because it's all chocolatey. But oh no, it turns the milk into a sludgy, detritus-filled brown mush, 
what are we going to do? Surely this will impair the sales of our products. Then someone went, just say that it um, turns the milk chocolatey. People will like it. They've used it to their advantage. You might as well say, oh, sunny delight even turns your child hyperactive-y. You know, oh, so delicious it makes your child a Ritalin requiring wreck of an individual. So, I mean, chocolate milk, while in some, to some degree a good thing, we shouldn't be drinking milk, James, you realise, of any kind. Why not? Because it comes out of a cow's boob. Do you know what I mean? I mean, if you had to get it directly, you wouldn't drink it, would you? I bloody well would. I love milk. <laughs> but what, from a cow's udder, though, James? If you yeah. had to put an udder in your mouth? Maybe. James, how would you, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to encourage you, but how would you get the chocolate flavouring if you were drinking it directly from a cow's udder? You know, it would become problematic, in my view. James, uh, all, I've... All you've got to do is go down to... Uh, shop somewhere, yes. get one of those little can things of, you know, powdered chocolate milk, Yes. put a spoonful of that in your mouth, squeeze and mmm, just the milk. James, th thank you very much. So any of our listeners that uh, do want to uh, drink chocolate milk, but directly from a cow, you now have that opportunity. James, thank you very much for your call. OK, yeah. now, on this show, we've had a very beautiful, oscillating and undulating relationship with the newsreader, Andrea Simmons, who I, quite frankly, love and adore. She is about to do some news for us now. Andrea, do you remember the good old days when I used to be live and I'd say, oh, could you insert a word into the news? Do you think you could... Could you get chocolate milk into the news, Andrea? Just for old time's sake, go on, slip it into the news. Not if there's too many tragic stories, but, you know, the one at the end where we go, and on a lighter note, a cat's wearing some shoes. When it gets to that story, go on. Go on, Andrea, do it for me. So we're going to have a little bit of news. After that, we're going to be back. We're going to track down Jimmy Savile in a curry house up north somewhere, and we're also going to talk to Noel Fielding. Who knows what else may happen? Give us a ring. Talk to us about your foibles and your problems and your insecurities and your desires. But before that, 88 to 91 FM, this is Radio 2 from the BBC. And here is the news now at 10 o'clock. This is Andrea Simmons. And Russell, I'm going to disappoint Online. you, love. On digital and on 88 to 91 FM. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. Listening to Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2. That was Birthday by the Beatles, and I'd like to dedicate that to Noel Gallagher on this day, his birthday. Before that, oh, there was the news, wasn't there? And uh, Andrew Simmons, although she didn't do my vile bidding, she did say my name, and I still get a little bit of okay. a kick out of that as it happens. Um, you all right, Jay? I'm all right. I was just remembering, do you remember that time when you actually milked a cow? We went to... What? No. We, when did that happen? We oh, yeah, to, it was yeah. the Harry Krishnas. And they, they strapped yeah. the cow up to that weird contraption and you had to go and milk it. Yeah, I didn't like that, actually. I used to hang around with the Harry Krishnas a bit. I'm well into them. They're all right. And like, um, I went to one of their cow sheds. They worship the cow and think it's holy, right? But they were like, and sort of when they go, oh, do you want to worship this cow? Not worship it, milk it. I, <laughs> say, I suggested worshiping it a bit. But like they said, don't do it. Not directly. It's more of a metaphor. And I go, like, so I went up to it. I had to milk it in that. And like, I don't like touching the cow's boobs because it just feels like the cow won't like it, you know? Um, so like, um, then the cow's lashed out a little bit with one of its back legs and that made me nervous. 
this. And the bloke who was supposed to be looking after the cows, I remember on the uh, work, uh, on the way there, Fashana, the woman that was walking us to the cow shed, was going, oh, the cows are holy in our culture because they represent the mother and the nurturing um, a relationship between the earth and us, the way that nature nourishes mankind. So the cow is an emblem of that nourishment. That's why the cows, as mothers, will always be holy to us, the Hare Krishna per people. And they got there, and there was this sort of Russian gangster, <laughs> tattooed Hare Krishna, looking after the cows, and he was sort of like elbowing it into a stall. Like that, and elbowing it and saying Russian ga gangster stuff I don't, I don't stuff think they it. actually knew that he worked there. Because he, so, he, he was, just got he in was there. so different to all of the other Harry Krishnas. He was so I like. I don't know why he was there. I didn't know there was. I mean, the Harry Krishnas—they're a broad and accepting people. But why there would be a tattooed Russian gangster working in their cow shed is a mystery, even to me. I must tell you. So hey, you know that Beatles song that was just on just then, birthday. Mm. Right, you remember once that I talked on this show about when I was in a treatment centre in America and there was a sort of a cuddly toy, polar bear, and uh, we were in a sort of a, a meeting talking about addictions in a really serious atmosphere and both going, oh man, I used to have some difficult crazy times on drugs, it was really bad. And there was this bloke who used to be an ex-copper, like he had this sort of, um, he had this sort of cuddly polar bear with a dunce's hat on and a silvery waistcoat and in the middle of all this serious atmosphere, people talking about addiction, all really heavy vibe going on. It was one, of, it turned out it was one of those bears that if you touch its hand, it plays a song right in the middle of him going, man, it was terrible times, real dark times. Right, the, this, the, this other bloke in the background who's also quite serious touched the bear in the wrong place, not in a, you know, not in an abusive way, merely in the wrong place as it kicked it off and it, it sang that song, I now realise. It went, da-na-na-na, birthday, da-na-na-na-na, and really undermined the vibe. So to me, whenever I hear that song, I just imagine myself in a treatment centre surrounded by American junkies, which, you, you, you know, You were there for quite a while, weren't you? I would. <laughs> I remember that. They were dark days, G, but yeah. now we're back here. All is well. So, um. I've got, a, hey, e I've got an email. I've got an email. Oh, oh hello. Doing an item. Yeah, Mr. Doing G's doing an indeed. item. Yeah. Come it's, on, it's, let's it's, hear your email. It's dedicated to you. It's good. Hiya, Russell. Loving the show. Congratulations on being number one in the podcast charts. I've just gotten Woo married, and me and my husband are listening to your show, and I would love it if you give a shout to us. Love from Gillian and Gavin Milne. So, can you give Gillian, a shout? To give, give, whoa, I'm getting it wrong. Gillian and Gillian, Gavin. Gillian and Gavin, I've just been eating a delicious cashew while hearing about your wedding. And uh, it makes me feel very optimistic and uh, happy that you two have got married. I hope that there don't come a time in about six months where you look at each other, Gillian and Gavin, and go, Oh, Christ, what have we done? I hate you, Gavin, and I, for my part, loathe you, Gillian. I don't think that is going to happen. I think you two will be united and will remain together in some sort of sexual utopia. Right, now, we're going to try and catch Jimmy Somerville while he's at a curry house. Marsha... My erstwhile assistant, give this curry house a ring now. Now, so they don't feel angry with them, we'll say, it's, well, it's, 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 Jimmy, it's Jimmy Savile. Jimmy Savile, not Jimmy Somerville. Not Jimmy Somerville. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, I was just, I was looking at my, um, phone. That's just, that, that that's my, um, phone book within my mobile there. Jimmy Somerville. You there, explain Mark it away, Almond. we'll believe you. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, yeah, just ring and then put it through, put it through the desk when they answer. As soon as they answer, put it through the desk. Okay, also, I've been told I mustn't say Sunny Delight makes children hyperactive. If you thought it did, you are simply wrong. It doesn't. Sorry, 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 sir. Hello there. Yeah, I can't hear you properly, sir. Oh, sorry about that. Um, can you can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, my name is uh, Russell Brand, calling from the BBC, BBC Radio Two, in fact. Uh, yeah, just a second. I'll pass the manager. You talk with him. Yeah, give us the manager. You know, I mean, I can't muck around here. We've not uh, got time. Sure speaking. Hello there. My name is Russell Brand. I'm calling from BBC Radio. 
Hello. BBC Radio, yes. That's right. I just wanted to say to you that um, I think you run a very fine curry house. Although I'm oh, sh- thank you. I'm sure there are other curry houses in the area that are good as well, but I'm just saying I like your one also. Um, and uh, um, I understand you have rather a, a special gentleman dining there this evening. Yes, Sir Jim, yes. Sir, is, Sir Jim is there, is he? He is, yes. I wonder if you'd be so kind. Uh, what's your name again? Because I weren't listening properly. I've just missed that last sentence, sir. I'm sorry. What's your name, please, sir? I- I'm George. George? George Humphrey, H-U-M-P-H-R-E-Y. Thanks, George Humphrey. Right, I've written that down. Now, if there's any nonsense, I've got all the details. You don't mind us calling you like this, do you, George? No, I don't mind at all. Thanks, George. You're a lovely fella. Now, I just wondered if you could, um, could you just say to Sir Jimmy, um, just like, sort of barge up to him while he's at barge, eh, in the restaurant, bar- no, sorry, that's a rubbish joke, but perhaps you could just elbow your way up to him and go to him, uh, Sir Jimmy, Russell Brand's on the phone, uh, could, could he talk to you, please, if you're not too busy? Uh, who's on the telephone? I didn't catch the name. Uh, Russell Brand. I mean, it probably won't matter. I don't know if Jimmy Saville will have heard of me. He might have done, because he was on Big Brother last year, so he, he, he right. might have heard of me. Yeah, Russell Brand, Russell as Brand. in Marlon Brando, but imagine Marlon Brando a bit more feminine and with a different name. And what is it you want to speak to him about? Uh, just really about anything he likes. Uh, the charity work he does and uh, his, his dress sense and catchphrases. Oh, do you want to talk to him live on radio, do you? If he doesn't mind, I mean, you know, if he's right. not too busy. Um, right, I'll, I'll have a word with him, but... You know, if he says no, George, I'll quite understand. But will you come back and tell us he said no, and see, yeah, and tell us what, and, and yes, ask him if he says no. Will you tell, ask him for a message? But hopefully he'll say yes. Right there goes George Humphreys, the owner of a very fine curry house. Very and, uh, fine. I'd like to so, refer to him as a friend and potentially a lover. Now, if this don't work out with Jimmy. Uh, Saville. I shouldn't get Jimmy Saville and Jimmy Summerfield mixed up. Now then, now then, don't leave me this way. I can't survive. I can't stay alive. Oh, 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 oh God, he's coming. Is yeah. That... Jimmy? Yes. So, Jimmy, this is Russell Brand. I'm sorry to interrupt your meal, but, um... You're there... interrupting my meal, Russell, because to talk to a megastar like you is an honour and a pleasure. Well, sir, I could say the very same thing to you, and I shall. Thank you very much for coming to the phone. Where, where are you speaking from? I'm speaking to you from Hawaii, as a matter of fact. I'm doing Hawaii? my beam. Yeah, I'm away You've making. You've been on f- the television tonight. Uh, yeah, that's right. I was. That they filmed. Um, I'm over here making a film for Universal Pictures. Yeah. But I made a little show Hawaii for. Hawaii was on the, on the television tonight, and you're speaking to me from Hawaii. That's right. right. That's right, Jimmy. Have you been well? I, I miss you. Were you, were you you're going to start doing Jim Will Fix It again, aren't you? No, it finished last Thursday. I did 40 shows. Wow. It finished last Thursday, and I'm sitting here with a beautiful lady who can't believe that I'm talking to the one and only, uh, supposedly, Russell Brand. <laughs> I am Russell Brand, definitely. Hey, Jimmy, when, um, when I was a lad, I did write to um, Jim Will Fix It, and uh, I wanted to um, meet Pinocchio. Uh, it seems that this was, this request for some reason wasn't taken no, no, up. No, 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 Russell. Yes. What you didn't do was put in a stamped envelope. Oh! And I thought, what a cheapskate this Russell Brand is. What yeah. a cheapskate. And, uh, he didn't get it. You're quite right, Jimmy. I, re- I remember now. I just. Next was... time, next time, put a stamped envelope in. Oh, I mean, I could just ask you now if you could. Are you going to be doing any more fixes for anyone? Uh, 
Of course, I shall be doing fix-its long after you're dead. <laughs> I, I believe that to be true. It'd be very nice to meet you one day, Mr Jimmy Savile, just, well, you know... if you've got a sister, you could meet me by bringing her along. I, I mean, I haven't got any sisters, I but... I don't usually meet fellas, but if you've got a sister, that's OK. I've got a personal assistant called Marsha, and part of her job description is that anyone I demand she um, greets, meets, massages, she has to do it. She's very attractive, Jimmy. Well, that's, that's, that's a good start. R what a kind good of... start. You could send her along to do some research. Would you like her to wear anything in, in particular, Sir Jimmy? I'd actually prefer her to wear nothing. Right, so you want Marsha, my assistant, to meet you naked. OK, well, that's, that's not going to be, that's not going to be a problem. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, Jimmy, it's just... The last na time I spoke like this was to Father Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I never trusted those Father Christmases in Debenhams or other stores there available. Oh, I said stores instead of shops. I've been in America too long. I don't. I don't trust the Father Christmases you get these days, Jimmy. I think you. Perhaps you should be. Uh, I think you're. Uh, I've always thought of you as a sort of a Father Christmas figure. You know, oh, solving I problems. Oh, under dropping wages. <laughs> Jimmy, it's it's been divine of you uh, to talk to me in this restaurant. Thank you very much. Um, I wonder, could um, would you pass on my best wishes to your beautiful dinner companion, and uh, perhaps you'd consider coming on the show again in the future? Who knows? I'm always available, and my beautiful dinner companion will have to remain secret because she is of outstanding beauty, Ooh. and as such, if you saw her, you would lust after her. Particularly if I saw her with you, because that just heightens the sexuality of the situation. Thinking the no, 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 I'm not into threesomes. <laughs> but, uh, Jimmy, it, there was a time when you were the defining voice of the uh, BBC, and perhaps... I still am. <laughs> you are now, you are tonight, but you I should be... Am. As well as passing down information, you should be passing along other things, people could argue. I've never passed anything in my life, I only take. <laughs> Jimmy Savile, thank you very much for your call. Hey, Jimmy, could it's we... Honour and a pleasure, and in the words of Omar Khayyam, Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Jimmy Savile there! My word, what a moment for us all. Perhaps, um, I wonder if Humphrey is there. We should probably thank Humphrey as I well. I think we, we, got something, we got something special for you. Check this out. Lovely record. I may never have got to, you know, meet Pinocchio as a child, but you know that has been more than made up for by being able to chat to, to Sir Jimmy Savile while he was in a curry house up north. Now that came about because one of Mikey's mates, who's a BBC engineer, was it in said curry house up north, said, oh, I can see Jimmy Savile over there, belled up Mikey, we thought, oh, let's ring up the curry house and see if it works. And it actually did. Who would have thought that that would have worked? And he did There's the, so no, many no, times. No, no, no. He, did, he, did. he actually ended it without being asked. Yeah. He did the, uh, I, didn't, I don't think I've ever even actually, I thought it was just like a myth, like um, Michael Caine's never said, my name is Michael Caine, it Peter Sellers on the answer phone message. I thought he never actually did it, but there he was doing it. 
Amazing. I mean, I think the real issue now becomes, G, uh, Marsha, my assistant, having to go up to Leeds fully naked she's to have, have sex to do, with she's, she's gonna have to do a lot to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is gonna be the most expensive. <laughs> Marsha, you better get used to that noise. <laughs> Cause you're gonna be hearing it in your ear hole whilst Jimmy Saville elbows you in the kidneys. Oh, Marsha, I've got a letter here from a young man. It says, perform whatever sex act you like on Marsha. <laughs> God bless Jimmy Saville. Thank you, yes, to Jimmy. It's lovely to talk to him, wasn't it? Gee, that was an interesting no, breath. that was good. Do you, do you ever remember there was an episode of Jim Will Fix It where there was this little kid and he wanted to burn money? Hmm, I think that sounds like the that, way you conduct this radio show, essentially, throwing away a good old... Go on, no, I don't want to keep yeah, burning that, money. Because when, when money gets too old, they take it somewhere and they throw it into this furnace and he wanted to just burn money. They, so they gave him stacks and stacks of really old money and he just threw it into this furnace. And he I sounds always... like a decadent kid, man. Exactly, just that... The, all the other children wanted to like go to you know go on a ride or do something really really like fun, and he just wanted to burn money. And I just always wondered what happened to him thirty years. I want to know what's happened to that child. If you know what's happened to that child, I, I suspect he's probably dead. But I, he, I reckon he's dressed <laughs> as a woman <laughs> dating Jimmy Sa <laughs> Jimmy Savile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well you got to pay for it somehow. Okay, so that what a lovely moment that was for us, Jimmy Savile. So um, keep your calls coming oh five hundred two eight eight two nine one, or you can email us russell.brand at bbc .co UK. What are we going to... Oh, should we listen to Oasis to celebrate Noel's birthday? Yeah. I keep trying to ring him, but he's not answering his phone because, um, well, obviously he's at his own birthday party, but still doesn't really mask the selfishness behind it. Let's play a song for him in case he listens to the podcast and keeps it number one as you've been doing, you beautiful, glorious people. Let's play uh, Don't Look Back in Anger because we ain't got importance of being idle. I like that one and all. But let's listen to... Yeah, let's listen to Don't Look Back in Anger. Oasis. You're listening to Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2. That was Don't Look Back in Anger, of course, for Noel Gallagher on the occasion of his 40th birthday, which is hoovering up all my chums. Williams are on his way there. Matt's there now, and of course, Noel himself is there. Sorry, I just had to pick a little bit of cashew nut off the microphone. I sometimes like to eat a cashew nut. You know, while I'm doing the show, it helps take my mind off things. Right, so, uh, been a good show so far, hasn't it? Williams, he was fun. Bit, you know, bit sexual. There's always that with Williams. Jimmy Savile, imagine that just actually happening. That's really amazing. I'm a little bit, you know, I'm sort of a bit. I'll be listening. I'm listening to that bit back on the podcast, which you should do and all, because that'll be a, that'll be a good bit. That will. Hey, I want to thank some of you for your glorious gifts. Thank you for sending me gifts at the Turtle Bay Hotel, because I really like it for a couple of reasons. Because you know, as you know, I'm not famous here in Hawaii, which I detest, and uh, it makes me feel a little bit loved. And also because I like, I think that the hotel is a bit rubbish, right? So when they have to keep having to bring me gifts and that, I think they all now know that people care for me. And also, it's a bit of extra work for me to do. You should try getting English newspapers out of a bleed now. It's murder. So here's some of the people who have sent lovely gifts. Amy in New York City sent me night Nightmare Before Christmas. And a silver pendant thing, like with the letter R on it. That's good, because it appeals to my narcissism. Thank you very much. Um, Charlie. Is that Charlie, Marshall, does that yeah, say? Charlie with no E. Charlie with no E. She's not got an E. Charlie with no Ma Marshall, you're very confident for a woman who's should be packing her bags with nothingness because she's off to have naked, nude encounters with Jimmy Saville. Um, so you, you sent me a a, a, a turtle picture and an lurcher article. Oh yeah, yeah, thank you, you. I appreciate that. And uh, Pippa and Louise, a uh, photo photo of themselves declaring love. I appreciate that. It was very tasteful, nothing unusual. And yeah, that woman who sent me the um, Dalai Lama book. Who's that? Sohiri. 
also here. I don't know quite how to pronounce your name, love, but thanks for that Dalai Lama book and for nice Ghostbuster toys and the Stay Puff Man out of Ghostbusters as well. That was a really good gift. I've been, like, to tell the truth, in my loneliness, I've started to use that much how Tom Hanks started to use that football in the film Castaway. I talked to it about my problems and I'm ashamed to say one night I drew little knickers on it and made it give me a cuddle. Um, and Sheila, you sent me brilliant things. Sheila, I think you came on the phone with, back with your dogs once. You sent me pictures of the uh, West of, of um, Upton Park. Well, that was lovely to see that. I've missed West Ham so much. I've missed the climactic end of the season. That's been heartbreaking for me. And a nice West Ham limited edition print and a Richard Pryor book, which actually I already had, but thank you for that. G gave me it. Is that a Pryor Convictions? You gave me that, didn't oh, you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, you got so many gifts. We get nothing here. You don't deserve gifts. Nothing. Don't try and angle for gifts, mate. You get the honour of writing poems on the radio. Lovely. So, you know, me, I'm out here. I've got nothing. Oh, someone sent me some green and black chocolate. That was wild. Thank you for that as well. I really appreciate all your gifts. I can only urge you to continue sending me gifts because it means a lot more to me than it would do in England. Them gifts are glorious. Also, people at um, the russellbrandfansite.com, I appreciate your uh, love and warmth and loyalty. Your lovely bunch. I sound like I'm like delivering some eulogy at the end of my own life but you know I'm actually feeling very well and this film's going alright I think everything will be okay and also thank you for that What We Love About Britain book from Aliyah and Sarah and Ruth. That was really good as well so, and they sent me this thing, all the things they love about Britain with sort of photo montages of tea bags and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, right so but now let's get into the present for Christ's sake. We can't linger in the past like once we did as British people. I've just had an email here saying that um, that, that boy off Jimmy Savile that burnt the money for to, as he's fixed it said he wanted to burn money is most likely behind the cutty sark burning. <laughs> well, who sent that email? Uh, so, well, whoever you were, that is a very appetite and brilliant email, and I thank you for it. Now, we've got uh, a caller on the line. Her name is Sue. Earlier on, we were talking about um, perverts ringing up 0800 numbers, which, you know, because there's them 0898 numbers. As a younger man, as a younger pervert, I'd ring those 0898 numbers, but they're very frustrating. And when I was young, I think there must have been different laws, because it would take ages from actually to get round to talking about any sex. They'd just go, oh, hello, thanks for calling the line. I'm I'm feeling hot right now. Just euphemistic stuff. They never actually go, Right, let's go! I've thrown away! Woohoo! Look at my bum! It was always like suggesting sex, and I would always be in my nan's toilet with the phone cord stretched under the door, my trousers and pants down, all teenage and desperate, no joy in my life, thinking, Oh, come on, give me some sex to cling to. Russell, you've been a long time in that bathroom. What you doing there? Nothing, grandmother! Leave me alone! I can't have a life like this! I once got so angry that I wrote something on the wall in lipstick, sort of as a dirty protest, and then, then like, really, as soon as I'd done it, I thought, that was a stupid thing to do. And I had to, like, wipe the lipstick off, but there was grooves in the wallpaper, so I had to, like, pick it out of a pin. I was in that bathroom ages, and they were already worried about me. Then I cut my own fringe too short. Oh, my childhood was ridiculous! Right, we've got a caller on the phone who's also used to contending with perverts. I believe her name is Sue. Are you there, my love? I am, yes. Sue, you've been really patient because I went on for a little while there, didn't I, darling? You did. Well, so what, what have you uh, phoned to talk to us about here on BBC Radio 2? Well, it was just, I used to work in a video shop. Yeah, was it alright working in there? Because I think, ah, oh, because you can watch the videos. No, it was rubbish. Why? What's wrong <laughs> with it? Well, you could only watch PG-rated films. Boring! Yep, exactly. Did you do porn in there? 
fair enough. No, it's all rubbish. Yeah, okay, so what, what, how did you pass the time just watching PG-rated films? Yeah, things like Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, good. Many will remember the brilliant ZX Spectrum version of the theme tune from earlier weeks. <laughs> also, E.T. was probably there, was it? Did you watch E.T. sometimes? Yeah, um, yeah, I can't remember. Well, no. why don't you remember every single film you watched while working there? It was a long time ago. Did anything else brighten up your time while um, working there, Sue? Yeah, um, well... I'm expertly leading customers. you to the topic of, uh, that, for which you've phoned. I'll just do it again. <laughs> I just wanted people to notice what I've done. So, did anything else happen while you were there, Sue? Yes. What is uh, that thing? Say it now down the radio! <laughs> I got a pervy phone call. What? Perverts ringing you, Sue, a woman trying to earn a living in the video library. What, what sort of, what, did, what happened? Well, it was a very busy Saturday night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was loud music playing. Yes. And I answered the phone. Uh -oh. And the guy said, "Go on, be careful, because this is, you know, the BBC and everything. So, you know, bear that in mind. Go on." Do you have sexy feet? Oh, that dirty pig! Do Do you have sexy feet, though, Sue? <laughs> well, I don't know. I've never looked. Well, have a look, darling. What's concealing them? They're, they're them things on the ends of your legs with the toes. The one what went to market, the one what stayed at home, and the one what had roast beef. Them's your feet, dear. Have a quick look at them. Yes, they're sexy. Nice. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, then he goes, do you have sexy feet? What did you say? Uh, hold on and I'll check. Right, yes. Because there were some very silly titles of videos at that time. Oh, so right, I, I see. You thought it might have been a film called Sexy Feet. But yeah. you wouldn't have been able to watch that in the shop anyway, because, you know, it would have been, it would never have been PG, a film no. called Sexy Feet. A film called Funny Feet, about them ice lollies that used to be the shape of feet. That could have been a big hit. But why would you want an ice lolly the shape of a foot for? What kind of pervert for that? Probably the same <laughs> man that was ringing you up, saying, oh, have you got sexy feet? Was probably making ice lollies in the shape of feet. And I would not like to speculate on what the ingredients were, so I oh, really, no. really wouldn't. That's what I'm saying, is that I wouldn't like to and I'm not going to so all right unless you've got anything else to tell me about your life do you think who do you reckon burnt the cutty sark down probably the guy that phoned me Yes, probably, probably sat at home, making funny feet. You can't also, I mean, you know, to, without being overly crude, if you are a pervert, I mean, have you got sexy feet? I mean, I just, I can't imagine, that's not going to keep anyone on the line long enough to achieve anything of any real climactic glory to use elegantly couched euphemisms. Is he it? did go on and say other stuff, but I can't remember what it was, and I put the phone down on him quick. Where are you, Sue, in the world? I'm in Scotland. Whereabouts? Elgin. Elgin? Yeah. Where's that in relation to... Aberdeen. Well, all right, fair enough. You all right up there? Yeah. Good. Do you want to cuddle? I do. Uh, well, if I was there, if I weren't here ensconced in a tropical lunacy in Hawaii, I'd give you a right cuddling just to cheer you up. Not in a pervy way. I'd put on a big, like, daft duffel coat and wellies and cuddle you. It'd be like getting a snog off Paddington. Sue, thank you very much for um, coming on the line. I appreciate it. What, darling? Before you go. Yeah, go on. The forum sends you actual love. 
actual love from the forum. I send actual love to them as well. Not some other kind of love, not love that's just a phrase, but actual love, the divine unifying force that's within us all and that will one day lead us to a glorious revolution. Yes, there shall be a revolution. Thank you, Sue, for your call. Take care, my darling. See you later. Bye, I love you. Bye, bye, bye. I love you. Bye, bye. Oh, there goes old Sue. Later on, we're going to be talking to Noel Fielding, but before that, why don't we listen to... Yeah, listen to New York Dolls. This is Dance Like a Monkey from New York Dolls. Right, remember, they were really good like 23 years ago, whether, then they've done this song, still good, and half of them have died of drugs since then. Dance Like a Monkey, New York Dolls. Dance Like a Monkey, New York Dolls. This is Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2. I've got some interesting emails here. This one's from Rosie... W. Oh, God, that's worrying. It's not... As long as it's not Rose W, i.e. Rose West. <laughs> right, I mean, I don't need that. Hello. Oh, Rose! I can't keep this up, dear. I'm busy. Hello there, chaps. Congratulations on getting back to number one spot on the podcast chart. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm currently revising for my exams. Revising is inverted commas. Do your revision, young Rosie W. Uh, she's revising for her exams. I'm listening to the show on the internet. And this story about the boy leaving the hamster on the windowsill of a hotel reminded me about something we did in science a bit ago. Yeah, some last week we were talking about some lad in uh, Barcelona went down Las Ramblas, bought um, an hamster, then left it on his hotel windowsill. We wanted to get our show servant, Mr Nibs, to go out to Barcelona and rescue it back. But I don't know if we've got the details. Mikey, who's back from his anger management course, but says, oh, I can't talk on... I can't talk on the air because I've got a snowy news and I'm deaf in one ear, is what he said in his accent. Um, so, uh, you know, we can't talk to him. Oh, I'm a wee bit deaf to me here. Who said, help me? And also, his anger management's not helped. He's never been so raging. He comes to work, right? He's wearing a tie, a really neat shirt, <clears throat> and a blazer, but no trousers and pants. It's disgusting to wait. And he, let me tell you, we don't like him when he's angry. He's worse than the Incredible Hulk. So, uh, yeah, let's try and get that hamster back. I wanted to send Mr Nibs out to Barcelona to rescue that hamster. It's probably still on the windowsill, probably developing all sorts of complexes, chattering away to itself in Catalan. I'm worried sick about it. But anyway, Rosie W continues in her email. We were doing an experiment with acids. Oh, acids, that's pluralised, because I've done some experiments with acid, and one of them led me to chip a tooth, and others of them made me think that I might be Jesus and that there should be a revolution. I now don't think I'm Jesus, but I'm still well up for this revolution. So keep listening to the show because uh, right. Remember, we're going to get we're going to interview both Gordon Brown and David Cameron. Right, see which one we like best. Personally, I think they might both be duplicitous illusionists, keeping us spellbound and stupid when we should be looking for a spiritual revolution of our own within ourselves. But we'll keep working on that because I've only got some. I've not done enough work on the revolution. I don't know, for example, who would empty the bins and what would happen if you say you found a, there was a hedgehog in your garden and it had laid eggs and then them eggs all hatch in your garden. You think, oh, get the council. And then you ring up the council and they go, oh, hello, we're all, we're all one, man. You'd go, well, what about these hedgehog eggs? And then the council might go, well, hedgehogs don't lay eggs, so you're wasting our time. <laughs> Let's get on with this thing. We are doing an experiment with acids, says Rosie W. But none of us understood what we are actually supposed to do, not even our teachers.
teacher. So the teacher left the room to find out what was supposed to do with this acid. We all got bored because he was gone for ten minutes. Because <laughs> you're a child, so you get bored really quickly. I'm bored! I'm bored! I've got to do something! Someone give me a penguin biscuit! Oh, help me! What's this glue do? Never sniff glue. <laughs> okay, so, so we were left about ten minutes and he had some goldfish that he had bought from home and was going to show the first years. You're not even first years, you lunatic children. So he wondered what would happen if we poured hydrochloric acid into the water of the goldfish. So we got the most gullible person in the class to do it by telling him, oh, do you remember the most gullible person in the class? Who was it in our school? Uh, what was his name? Tom Madel was a little bit of a daft lad. Who else was there? He probably shouldn't name him. He was a nice boy, really. But yeah, there's always one, isn't there? Hold on, I was him! I was that kid! They're always making me pour acid into the goldfish! Um, yeah, bless him. So anyway, they get the most gullible person in class to do it by telling him it would make the fish grow extra eyes and tails. He thought it would turn into a superhero because of what happens in comic books when people are exposed to radiation. And we they always believe those comic books. We believe those comic books, G. And they lie That's to a us. Very bad Every single comic time. books lie to us. If you are exposed to radiation in, and you're in the vicinity of a spider, you will, all your teeth will fall out, your hair will fall out, and you will die. You will not develop superpowers. You must bear this in mind. You'd become a superhero called Coughing Up Blood Man. That's all that would happen to you. So, um, anyway, like, so they've told this poor gullible lad that he's going to give the fish superpowers. Our teacher came back and noticed the fish were floating on the top of the tank, and we thought we'd go away with it because he said it must have been the shock of the car journey in a school because he's a bit stupid. That teacher sounds like a bit of an idiot, doesn't he? But I remember actually, I once took my rabbit down to a goldfish shop once. Like, I just, I didn't want to be on my own. I was going down to the, um, I was going to the newsagents, right? And I thought I'll be bored if I go to the newsagents on my own. So I'll take this rabbit that I had with me. I thought the rabbit. He's my pet. He'll bloody well do as I tell it. So I just put it in my jacket, took it to the shop with me, and then it just died. Just went laid on the floor, kicking and staring in that, the way animals do. And you realise that they're not like us human beings. They can't communicate. Horrible moment, really. And then uh, it died. But I told my mum that he'd had the fear at home, and then I took it to the, took it to the fish shop uh, to get a second opinion. And then my mum never bothered to go, why'd you take it to the fish shop for? They are experts only in the creatures of the sea. So uh, anyway, the teacher goes, um, <clears throat> The, the teacher says that he thought that it was a shock of the car journey. But then we started doing pH testing different chemicals because that's what that class was about. And our teacher said how water was pH 7 and the universal indicator would turn it green. And he said that since the fish were dead, he might as well show us how the indicator worked, poured it into the fish tank, but because it had acid in it, the water went red. And we almost got away with it till someone said, and I bet it was that gullible kid, but the fish aren't bleeding. He then saw sense and remembered that he could not ever trust us, but we were not totally evil because we all took the blame instead of letting the gullible kid take it all. It wasn't that bad, really. He didn't know how to punish us, so he made us watch a video about animal cruelty at dinner time. Oh, he's that nice teacher that don't know how to do discipline. I like yeah, those Yeah, you look a bit like you, people like you in children. Yeah, that's right. Okay, don't do that, darling. Ah, oh, put that down. Can I have some cigarettes? Oh, all right, yeah, but you know, you should know that smoking is bad for you. I don't care. Bugger off! Oh, all right, I was doing it. Could I smash that thing? Oh yes, all right then. Yeah, I have got a substitute. Remember, remember that time actually. when we, we we took those those kids like all those kids out? Was it ice skating? And then yeah. we, we, took, we took them to a restaurant, and they started getting hyperactive, and you didn't that know how was, to control them, and I had to get all difficult. Like, dominant on them. You, you were good, mate. You yeah. were a good father Just figure. Me up. and G, <laughs> he got heavy with him. Me and G took these kids. I think I was might have been trying to seduce one of their mums, when I, and like. You can't the, 
Oh, she was all fit, though, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. Right? Really and, uh, so he goes, oh, we'll take all your kids out. And we don't even know about ten minutes. We took all these kids out. There's loads of them, weren't there, Jim? Yeah, because I think was, the, the deal was, I think, like, three... And then, like, I don't know. All their mates the wanted whole, to come. The whole Red Hand Gang came along. And it then we, was loads we, of we took them around to Matt's house afterwards and they started wrecking his place. Yeah, I liked that bit. That was the highlight for me. <laughs> Those kids trashing Matt's joint. Yeah, and then at the ice skating thing, I can't ice skate. I don't like doing things that involve balance, e.g. surfing, horse riding, other things I do in this film, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, they're right little no, naughty, those they children. Were, and we took them to some chicken restaurant, Nando's, other restaurants are available. But they weren't Those in those children, chicken restaurants. They were wrecking it, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, absolutely. Because it was, I think they offered, is it free ice cream or something? And then you said, yeah. okay, okay, you can just have just, just one lot of free ice cream. And then they just kept on going for more <laughs> and more and more and more. And then I just had to put an end to their ice cream jollies. You've done well there, mate. But what I remember is how I was as a child. I just think, childhood's a pain in the ass. Just let them be happy. Let them do what they want. As long as they're not directly hurting themselves or others. And if they are, then let them do that for a little while before stepping in. But it's, it's hard being a parent, I, you know. I feel do you almost me laugh about, the, about that email, is the fact they just keep referring to the gullible kid, the gullible kid. I bet you now, they don't, they don't even remember what his name is, he's just, he's the gullible kid. You know, That's just... it for him. Now, his identity is built around being that gullible kid. Hey, so listen, we're going to talk to Noel Fielding in a little bit for the last bit of the show. Wow, because we're live, so we mustn't muck around. All right, G, put on a song that ain't too long. Do Surprise, Surprise by the Stones. I'll ring up Noel Fielding now. We'll wrap this show up, because we've got to get your poem in as well, because we? we're live. I hope that poem's not rubbish, G. <laughs> Let's hear Surprise, 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 Rolling Stones. Surprise, surprise, the Rolling Stones there. This show's nearly over. I think, Marsha, are you on the phone to Noel Fielding? Right, Noel Fielding's going to be chatting to us in a matter of moments. Hey, I wanted to mention to you, look, when I get back from Hawaii, I'm going on tour with a stand-up. I'm going to Ireland. So if you're an Irish person in Ireland or English person or whatever person you are, but you happen to be in Ireland, come see me do stand-up over there, right? Because I think there's some tickets left and I want you to come and see me. It's going to be very important. There'll be a lot of improvisation, all new material, an awful lot of destructive, sexy behaviour. But let's not go on about that. If you want to know more about it, go to russellbrand.tv or, I don't know, find out. Look at my MySpace page. Do what you like. It's up to you, really. I can't control that aspect of your life. Now, very importantly, we've got a very important, sexy little guest on the line. Why, it's Mighty Bush's Noel Fielding. Are you there, mate? Hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm quite good, thanks, mate. I'm in Hawaii and everything. It's sort of unusual. Are you all right? Yes, I could... Yeah, I do describe it as a tropical prison, and the sort of the guards are turtles and whales. <laughs> I love turtles. You like turtles? Mate, I think you're in a bad signal area. Where are you? I'll, I'll hazard a guess you're out somewhere in Camden, North London, are you? No, I'm in my, I'm in my flat, actually. What are you doing in your flat, mate? I'm about to go DJing, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm just getting ready. I'm are in you? my pants. Well, you, ooh, nice. A lot of our listeners will be very uh, pleased to hear that, because they, they, a lot of them regard you as a sex object, Noel. <laughs> um, what, like a sex object? Yeah, just a, like a phallus-shaped tube, really. <laughs> just a sexual object. Like a vase. Yeah, very much like a vase, no, but instead not of... Not a sex symbol, just a sex object. Yeah, not even a symbol. It's not like you represent sex in an abstract way. You are, <laughs> you're just an object, that is it. Noel... Yeah. Remember when we was on that big fat quiz of the year? Yeah. One of the questions, w one of the answers we gave, we mentioned pieces of rainbow. Now, I think it was you that thought of that particular bit of the answer. Do you remember that bit? 
Pieces of broken rainbow. Pieces of broken rainbow. I just was speaking to a woman on air a minute ago. Her name was Sue, I think. She was proper eccentric. She told me she's had that, a rainbow tattooed on her arm and pieces of rainbow written, t tattooed. Oh, no, she's, ta she's committed to life to that idea. No way. She's done it, Noel. It's there. It's part of who she is now. Oh, my God. It's not even pieces of rainbow, it's pieces of broken rainbow. So she's got a misquote tattooed on her body. <laughs> that's, got that for life. That's like, uh, if you say you, like, you know, it's that woman, obviously, uh, quiz of the year is her religion, right? And that was just one of the psalms from her religion, and she's got it misdone. It's like if you're a Christian having, <laughs> oh, let there be loads of light tattooed on your arm, or, <laughs> or blessed are the, the meek yeah. men. Yeah. Let there be lamps. Yeah, let there be lamp. She's, she's tattooed a misquote on her arm. That's oh, that makes it, makes it even better in a way. Yeah, she's done her own thing with it, hasn't she? Yeah, she's taken it on. What are you going to wear tonight, Noel? Well, I'm just having a look now. Mm. I've got this sort of Evil Knievel jacket. Evil Knievel jacket, eh? Yeah. Talk and then I've got some chainmail trousers mm. that might be medieval. Medieval Knievel, that sounds like a beautiful costume. Oh yeah, be him. And then, but what for foot, what for feet, footwear? That's what, that's, uh, perhaps if you could wear like a cathedral shaped slippers, then you could be cathedral medieval Knievel. And like, you know, uh, maybe that would top it. I have got cathedral shaped feet, so. would, uh, you know, that would, that doesn't surprise me to learn that. Yeah, dress yourself up in things that rhyme with evil, but then. <laughs> But then be a prophet for good. <laughs> Don't be Why did Evil Can Evil have the name Evil Can Because he weren't evil, was he? No, he was nice, wasn't he? <laughs> he was really nice. He jumped over things, he dressed up. <laughs> he should have been called Jumping Over Stuff Can Evil. <laughs> yeah, Jumping Over Stuff Can Evil gives you a much better idea of what he does, doesn't it? <laughs> I know. It was, Ming out of Flash Gordon could have called himself Evil Ming, but like. Yeah. Because he was out of order trying to destroy our planet, the Earth, wasn't he? Exactly. We live here. It's bang out of line, that. If we were around then, we wouldn't have allowed it, would we? We'd have shot straight up there in a rocket, the pair of us. <laughs> you dressed in your evil rhyming prophecy <laughs> robes. Me, I think I'd go naked for the trip, you know. And uh, then off the Hawaiian tan. Oh, yeah, the Hawaiian tan. Ian, no, do you remember when um, the people of Earth, us, sent that spaceship up, like, to, in case there was aliens and there was a drawing of a man and a woman in it? <laughs> yeah. I think that should have been drawings of me and you. Because <laughs> then, like, when the aliens came, they'd have just ignored everyone else and looked for me and you, and that would have given us power with the aliens. <laughs> We'd have been slightly above everyone else. We'd have been elevated to the status of kings. We'd have been in with the aliens. We'd have been well in with them. They're a bit cliquey, aliens, aren't they? are a bit what? Cliquey? They're a bit cliquey. They'd have ignored everyone else. Yeah, they're very much. If you're in with them, they're fine. Yeah. But if they don't like you, you know about it. You've yeah. got to be on their guest list. Yeah, he got who was just simply not coming in. He when I met him. Yeah, it was he? He looked right through me. He, was, he just looked through He's a very cold man. I, and to tell you the truth, I was happy when he went all chalky and just laid down by that river. I thought he deserved it. <laughs> that was just that. Noel, beautiful Noel Fielding, right? Your phone line's a bit rubbish, and this program, we've got to go to the news quite soon, so like... Alright, cool. Got, I've, I've missed you a little bit. Yeah. I've got some friends who are travelling, um, back from the Isle of Sky. Yeah, cool. to the festival there. Oh, Naboo, yeah. my brother. Oh, and, yeah. And, uh, my girlfriend who's in Robots in Disguise. Cool. Who's driving, too. 
Hello, 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 all of them. Hello, all of you. Hello, Nepal, I like you. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's lovely. They're yeah. travelling back from Sky in a festival, or they're travelling yeah. back from a festival in the sky. I'm not sure. It's difficult to know, isn't it? Have a look at the admin when they get back. Have a look at their passports. <laughs> Only then will you truly know where they've been. Look at the itinerary. Just look at the There's itinerary. A cloud in the corner. <laughs> It'll all be on the itinerary. <laughs> Noel Fielding, thanks for coming on, mate. I look right. forward to the new forthcoming series of Bush. When are we going to see it on our tellies? Uh, before Christmas. We're filming in about six weeks. The people that are in this room with me flung their arms in the air triumphantly to celebrate it. Marsha, who's my oh. assistant, right, she, but she's agreed. Jimmy Savile came on the phone. Guess what? One of our listeners was in a, uh, in a curry house up north and, and sent us a message saying, I'm in a curry house, I can see Jimmy Savile. So we phoned up that curry house and the manager <laughs> took the phone over and we spoke to Jimmy Savile. And now my personal assistant, Marsha, has got to have it off with him. It's all gone oh. bonkers. That is brilliant. Yeah, it's good, isn't it, Noel? Curry right. and Savile. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be beautiful. I can't wait for this baby to be born. You and I will rear it as our own, will we? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right, that's gonna be a lot of responsibility, but we'll do it. Noel, thanks for coming on, mate. Take care, mate. Take it easy Have and love to your way. friends. I'll speak to you soon. Speak to you when I get back. Bye, mate. Take okay, care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, the lovely Noel Field in there. Oh, how we miss him and his ramblings. Evil can evil. He wasn't even evil. Right, Mr. G, it's time for you to summarise this glorious show in the form of a poem. Let's hear it from Mr. G. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Atmosphere, yeah. Okay, this poem is called The Composite of Opposites. It now appears that the opposite of good has been overtook by the opposite of bad. That makes us the opposite of last in the podcast charts, and so if you care to ask, we are the opposite of sad. From opposing sides of the earth, between different horizons there lurks, Jimmy Savile along with Marsha, who's sporting the opposite of a smirk, while Russell fails miserably with David Williams to be the opposite of a flirt. We're live, so I'm nervously awake. Usually we record with Matt on board, the time, the opposite of late. And we always look the opposite of great. How preposterous is fate that the listeners send Noel Fielding's well wishes with misquoted mistakes done with the opposite of hate. And so in fact it would be rude if I didn't show the opposite of ingratitude. Tuning in weekly is a must, so here's some actual love from the opposite of you towards the opposite of us. Woohoo, Mr. G! What a poem! It's the best poem yet! We're gonna change the world with poetry! The revolution starts here, but this time led by artists. Not bad artists, like Hitler who didn't concentrate, but good, nice artists, like us. Right, get ready for the revolution, prepare yourselves, don't trust politicians, never vote. Okay, stay peaceful, do pay your licence fee though, I mean, you know, we've got to insist on that. And, uh, you know, very soon, we're gonna be learning what's going on in this bonkers world of ours with a lovely lady I like to call Andrea Simmons. But before that, let's thank our wonderful guest, David Walliams, Andrea Simmons, the wonderful Noel Fielding. In fact, they're all wonderful, let's not belittle any particular individuals. Mr G, thank you for stepping in, it's been a magnificent show. I thank you all enormously from the bottom of my heart. Unite yourselves, keep the gifts coming to the Turtle Bay Resort, keep your emails coming, stay with us, keep it at number one, that podcast chart. I love you with actual, genuine love. This is Radio 2 from 88 to 91 FM, this is Radio 2 from the BBC. Here is the news. At 11 o'clock now, this is Andrea Simmons.